And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to another We Are Me podcast. It's uh, Davey Erskine and Mickey Brennan here as always for you and uh, this is an exceptional podcast. This is going to be a bumper podcast. We've got a lot happening that we want to bring to your ears and uh, we are also, we uh, three weeks ago, I think it was now at this stage, we did our power rankings, the wristbands rankings for all the clubs in Mead and I just want to make a disclosure before we go to that, um, that these are David Rispin's rankings, Rispin rankings. I had nothing to do with them. I did have something to do with the club grounds, all right, and the ranking of all the club grounds. But as it stands, the Rispin's rankings are Rispin's responsibility. And that's why when you listen to this podcast, you will hear me ripping into Davey Rispin. Um, He has taken on the role of Owen Sheehan and I've taken on the role of Jer Gilroy in our rankings and uh, you know I've just let Davey add it and then I've gone no hang on a second Davey that is absolute baloney and uh, he doesn't take too kindly to it do you Davey? No I, I don't mind some criticism but not at every given opportunity Mickey and uh, <laughs> well I, if you I, give me the opportunities <laughs> well, well sorry that's that's not a true uh I, I don't know at every I don't even know at every avenue we'll say um, but uh, no let the listeners decide for themselves what they think I think that's the that's the fairest way of doing it yeah and do get in contact with us and let us know what you think of Davies uh, rankings and uh, was I too easy on him was I too hard on him you let us know but too before easy. we go to the before yeah absolutely I could have been like there was a lot of other teams I could have stood up for as well, Davey, I really feel. The other two that you didn't stand up for, the other, is that what you're saying? The other two that I didn't stand up for, because I stood up for, what, 50 of them? Um, <laughs> uh, well, 49 of them, the core 10 one, but I'll let the listeners have a listen to that themselves. Uh, Davey, before we get on to our famous Wispin Rankins uh, podcast that we're going to um, release for free, it was released on our Patreon, it got a great... Um, reaction on our Patreon service so we decided that this is one just to whet the appetites of the GEA supporters around Mead to uh, let it out for free because obviously as football comes back and that won't be for a couple of months um, the Rispin Rankins will be going out every maybe two weeks and uh, we'll be updating them but that will be on our Patreon service but we want to get a feel for what's happening around the county at the moment or let the people give us their thoughts on the Rankins before we do Anyway, we've got a few things that we want to run through. Um, at this stage, we normally talk, Davy, about uh, matches and uh, results and whatever. We've none of that. This time last week on our We Are Me podcast, we were able to uh, uh, announce that uh, Bernard Flynn and his management team were in place for the under-20s. 
Um, we have a little bit of news on the senior team as well this week. Yeah, Mickey, absolutely. Uh, it was all done at the, the one meeting last Monday night um, when the 20s was formally announced along with the, I suppose, contingency plan and strategic plan for the next two or three years to come as well, with John McCarthy eventually going to assume the role in uh, 2022, I believe. So so that's going to be an interesting one, or 2023. 2023, yeah, 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 2023. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. We, we are in 2021. It's hard to, you do forget sort of things. So, um but yeah, that, that's good news, obviously, and then the development squad that's going to come from that. But there's been a change in uh, the Mead selection as well, with um, Jerry Cooney standing aside, long-serving uh, member of Andy McEntee's backroom staff, and he's yeah. going to be replaced by Paul Nestor, which, which we did hear a couple of weeks ago. We didn't know exactly at the time who, who was going to make way at that stage, but it is clear now it is Jerry who stepped aside. So, uh, you know, a big one there for Paul Nestor. He's obviously been involved in... Numerous different teams in the last number of years between minors and 20s. He was involved in the Dunchoclin minor championship win inside this year or last year as well. So, um, he, you know, he's done a lot of uh, a lot of great work at underage level in Mead. And I think it's great that he's going to be stepping up now and probably, you know, providing that link between the underage and Mead and then the senior panel, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, and it's something that you would like to see is that the people who are involved and bring the underage setups to success that they move along the ladder and are brought in in some capacity. And Nestor is the first of those to do so. And we're seeing it as well. You talked about the contingency that's in place with the under-20s. But John McCarty is going to be an advisor to Bernard Flynn over the next two years, uh, which we talked about in our podcast last Sunday. We were saying, yeah. I love if this happened. And then it was all announced on Monday night that, yes, he is going to be um, an advisor. He's going to be involved with players after minor leading uh, in a in a, a coaching capacity, getting them ready for um, uh, under 23 years or two years later, whatever it may be. And then he assumes the role from Bernard Flynn when his team of 2020 stroke 21 because their they're, they're, they're minor final, uh, Leinster final is still yet to be played. Um, he will step up. So, you know, in the lead up to this, Davey, we saw a lot of people giving out and saying we have nothing in place. Now we have exactly what we wanted in place. Yeah, that's it, Mickey. Unfortunately, again, I would still stress that I'd have loved it six weeks ago, you know, or, or eight yeah. weeks ago even. You know, for one reason or another, that wasn't to be the case. Um, but thankfully, we've we've kind of got started and there does seem to be a plan now going forward. So I think we should learn this, learn from our lessons and, and, and not be back at this stage again. And it seems with this plan going forward, definitely for the next three years, it's all sewn up. And you'd like to think that John Mackett... Uh, you know, would be would be in there long term, hopefully at that stage as well, because he'll have nurtured through so many of these players from probably under 16 level, which is what they were managing at Jerry Riley, right through to the under 20 level over nearly a 10 year period, I suppose. Yeah. And, 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 and like, you know, from what's in place, I don't think it just stops when John McCarty takes over the under 20s. The same happens again with the minor management of 2023 that they will be brought along they will be looking after the development squads at 17 and 18 and 19 and then take over at under 20 so it is a real good system that they have uh, decided to go with and you know and, and and then you never know John McCarthy or someone might move on to the to the meet team as a, a selector or a coach or something like that and again just continuing that link between underage and, and senior teams, which is which is brilliant going forward. It is disappointing that we don't have this in place a long time, but better late than never. True. At the same time. 
Uh, Davey, as well as that, um, you know, we usually go to some rumours and murmurs around the county at this stage, and uh, you have a few rumours and murmurs going on with uh, transfers and stuff. It's, it, is trans- it is close to transfer deadline day. Yeah, it is, absolutely. I, I think it's around now, actually. Um, but uh, I suppose we exclusively revealed Dunshockland's double swoop um, for, for a Cavan man in Leddy and uh, a Dundry man in David Jennings as well last week. So I, I believe those two are on track and, and ready to go through. Um, another Cavan man, actually, who's going to make a change or a switch to a Mead club is Stephen Connolly from Rammer. He is going to be moving to Beliver the junior champions who are going to be playing their trade in intermediate this year. So I believe he's moved to Kildalki in the last couple of years. And uh, I suppose people might know the name. You, you'll obviously be well aware of him, Mickey, but the best way I could describe him, and he might not like this, is that the own point that he conceded a couple of years ago, I think that was captured by uh, our sister <laughs> podcast and we are Cavan as well, with that freakish point he, he conceded um, himself. But uh, he's, he's a very decent fullback. I know he'd be in his early 30s now, Mickey, but he'd be a damnable addition to believe or start in life in intermediate football. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, he'll definitely be an addition to, to, to the junior champions as they play their trade in intermediate. Have you any other um, uh, rumours or um, murmurs around the county? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a little bit of confirmation sought out on this one, but I've heard a, a rumour of Drumbarra making a triple swoop for Gail Column Kill players. Um, two of those being Carl Jordan and Mark Carrigy. There wouldn't be, I suppose, household names, but the third one would have been a stalwart of the Gail Column Kill Club for many a year, and that's Stevie McManus, the, the former forward who probably hasn't played for the last couple of years. But it is my understanding that the 35-year-old is in talks with Trumbara over a long-term contract, so watch this space. <laughs> yeah, um, look, they're all part of the Kells Parish, so I'm sure it shouldn't be too hard of a thing to uh, to get the, the the transfers. It's only a stone's throw as well across the town to to Drumbara. So, uh, look, if these lads want to get playing football, I'd, I'd, I'd always be in favour of it, and especially when they're not going too far and they know each other very well. Yeah, you'd love a transfer yourself, Mickey, wouldn't you? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that's just harsh. And two clubs, Drumley and Simonson, Drumley and Simonson. And it all depends on most, which way. Most they're... lads just have one. <laughs> yeah, but most people didn't live in two counties. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it all depends on which way the wind is blowing as well. Um, and look, it's no coincidence that I went back to Cavan last year to play with Drumley and they won an Ulster title. Every time I go to a county, they seem to do something well, so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the kudos. What, what about the club? <laughs> it was about the county for me no. last year. So. <laughs> it was all about the county. I was one of those lads. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and any more rumours or um, uh, murmurs on, on transfers? No, that, that's, all, that's all I have at the minute for transfers. Yeah, uh, I, I have one myself. Peter Duffy um, from oh Simonson. His father, Kevin Duffy, has uh, made the journey down to Drumalee as well and is joining the Drumalee management team. Wow. So he is. So um, you never know. Peter Duffy could be making his way down to Cavan as well. So he could, but um, he'd uh, he'd have to pass a fitness test. So I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> the Simonstown Exiles. That's what Drumalee are going to be referred to next. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you believe there's a Carl Buggy who played uh, football for Simonstown all his uh, life? Um, he, his father was. Uh, uh, manager and coach out in Simonstown, um, and uh, uh, Col has is is a member of Drumalee for the last fifteen or sixteen years as well. So he is so 
Um, that's another uh, another Simon Stone man that's down in Drummondy. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're look. It, it, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like twinning towns and stuff. Like Simon Stone is twinned with Drummondy, so we can just come over a mark between. It, it looks to me from the outside looking in that Simonstown is starting to be um, a bit of a feeder club for Tromalee. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Peter Duffy, uh, uh, you never know. He could be coming down there. With, um, well, he could be coming down to watch us anyway, so we could win his dad. So uh, great to see Kevin Duffy down there with Tromalee. Um Anything else there on the rumour mill? Nothing on the rumour mill, Mickey, no. No. Uh, moving on then, Davey, we'll go quickly then to the Lottos, the club Lottos. Yeah, so Don Shocklin, as is often the case with them being on a Monday night, their one is first up and they had no jackpot winner of their uh, 13,000 draw last week. But their next one takes place tomorrow night um, at half eight live on Facebook. Again, a jackpot of 13,000 and they also have a reserve jackpot built up of seven grand, which is ready to go at any given opportunity. Uh, Drumbara GFC, it takes place every single Monday night, 9 p.m. live on Drums TV. And next week's jackpot is 1,200 euro. Manalvi, it's 10,000 and it is capped at 10,000. But again, they have a reserve backed up of three and a half grand. Theirs takes place on Monday nights as well. Slain is next up. Theirs takes place every Tuesday night. Their jackpot is currently at 5,125 euro. Uh, or sorry, 5,150 euro. It's gone up 25 quid. Um, mm-hmm. And that takes place every Tuesday night. Black Hole Gales takes place every second Monday. The next being the 25th of January, which is Monday week, and theirs is at 4,000 currently. Oldcastle, uh, theirs is at 10,400, and it takes place next Wednesday night. Drum Condrit, 7,000 on the button, and it takes place Tuesday night, and it can be played online via Smart Lotto. Gilcom Kill takes place every single Thursday night. Next week's jackpot is 11,700. Courtown GFC 5,200 takes place every Friday night at 10 p.m. live on Facebook. Kilmainham every Monday night, 4,000 euro of a jackpot. And finally, Clonard 3,900 Monday night, 8 p.m. live on Facebook. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, as we say every week, you know, keep supporting your local clubs and even support all, all the other clubs because if you're not in, you can't win. And some of them have some fabulous, um, fabulous. Uh, Lot of jackpots there to be won at the moment. Davey, have we anything else for the We Are Mead podcast before we move on? No, I don't think so. Well, that's it. It's uh, you look like a, a nervous man, but we're going to go to the Rispins rankings now, and uh, we let our uh, listeners make up their mind on whether Davey has their team in the right position, or should they be further up the rankings. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyne & Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Mead or call us on... 046-955-1910. Somebody thought it would be a good idea to do um, the Mead GA Club Team Power Rankings. And uh, I think it was Davey Rispin who came up with the idea. He did ring up Bone Sheen, it has to be said, from off the ball, just to get some tips on how to be controversial. 
And uh, Davey, I've had a look down at, you've sent me on your power rankings. And what we're going to do is we're going to do, on this podcast, we're going to do 52 to 26. And uh, sorry, from 52 to 27, and we leave 26 to 1 for another podcast that we'll send out this week. But um, yeah, you've um, you've done yourself here, Davey. I tried to ring Owen Sheehan, but he just hung up when I told him who I was and where I was <laughs> from. So. <laughs> ah, look, uh, this is going to be a bit cracking. Like, this is only going to be the start of it. Like, where will this end up at the start, at the end of the year? God almighty. God knows. It'll be actually good to know, but obviously we'll be showing like a rotation every week as to where each club has gone. Are they gone up or down or have they stabilized or whatever? So, um, 52 clubs, junior, intermediate and senior. And we've also included in St. Paul's from Cluny, as they are indeed like the only first team. So we, we put them into this list. So 52 in total, Mickey, and uh, this is the first batch of them. Yeah, I'm just wondering, did you put St. Paul's in just to make your position in the table look a little bit better? Or uh, what was the thinking behind that? Was it just purely because we're going to put every single first team into it? Yeah, well, a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> now, Davey, look, now we are calling it, it, it is the Davy Rispin um, uh, uh, Club Rankings. Uh, Rispin's Rankings, yeah. Rispin's Rankings, um, Rispin's Power Rankings. And like I, I sat down and I did up my notes on this as well, but it's obviously yours that we're using. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start off and we're going to go from 52 maybe to 40. We'll just have a talk about those um, teams. Then we'll go from 40 to 30 and then 29 to 27. So we'll do 10 teams at a time and then we'll, or 10 or 12 teams at a time, and then we'll come back to um, to ask you a few questions about it. So we'll start at 52, Davey. Actually, go as far as 43, 52 to 43. Cool. So do you want them in a list or will I list them one by one and... Oh, you have to list them backwards. 52, at 52, it's 51, it's 50. <laughs> at 52, it's the aforementioned St. Paul's. Um, probably the only one that I mightn't get lambasted in. Of the 52, I don't think too many people will probably argue with this one. They are playing their trade at B-League Division 4, I believe, nowadays. Um, haven't soldiered, in fairness, to their credit for a number of years at, at junior A level and indeed in uh, A-League Division 4. They have made the drop, but they have made it into our power rankings at 52, St. Paul's. Excellent. At 51? It is from Condrit from North Me, the team that have really had a really poor couple of years and they've just fallen down a cliff, really, their form uh, for a team that was challenging at the latter stages of junior championships in 2014-2015 time. Uh, getting to league finals and everything like that. It's been a really tough couple of years for them. Um, took an awful lot of heavy beatings last year against the likes of Dunsany and other teams who actually come up with them in Junior B, which we'll come to in a minute. Okay, at uh, 50? It is Clonard. Um, another side yeah. who really have nosedived, unfortunately, in recent years. Like, they actually ended up giving a walk over, I think, in the last round of the championship, which was really disappointing. I think numbers is a bit of an issue in Clonard. Obviously, they have talent, the likes of Adam Flanagan, which we we always speak about when we talk about Clonard, Mikey Mullen, a couple of others. But they're just short of a few numbers. Fantastic facilities over there. But hopefully, they can return to winning ways maybe in 2021. It'd be good to see. Um, at 49, Davy. 
It's St. Mary's in Denor, Mickey. Um, a team that I think are on the up and th- the only way for them is up. I can't really see too much fluctuation and seeing them dropping down any more than they already are. They have quite a young team. They're building. They're doing excellent work at underage level. Um, and to me, they're, they're making strides. But 49 is where I put them in here. Okay. Um, and we'll say 48 then. 48 is Kilmaine and Wood, uh, the former 1996 uh, senior championship winning uh, club. Um, again, a team that are extremely proud, great tradition, superb facilities, uh, really well-run club. Again, they, they probably, they've not taken many hammerings in the last couple of years, but they've not won a lot of games, unfortunately. Um, they actually got promoted out of Division 4, not 2020, but 2019, as a result of going up in a playoff fourth or fifth put in an excellent league campaign, but just couldn't take it into championship, unfortunately. It was a similar scenario in 2020. They were in that group of three. They came close in both games without really threatening to ever win them against St. Ultons and St. Bridget's. So, Kilmaine and Wood are the 48th team in this. Okay, I'm 47. 47 is Kilbride, um, a team that have, have you know, been steadily on the up, to be honest, over the last number of years, um, both in league and championship. Uh, obviously, they were they were brought up, they were beaten in last year's Junior B final at the hands of Ratoth, a very strong second team that it was in Ratoth. And um, they were put in that group of three, or sorry, they were put in that group of four, but three of them were Junior B teams. And I think this, uh, I suppose signifies that they're one of the strongest junior B teams to come up um, and they got to the last round of the group where they were ultimately uh, picked apart by a really good and really strong Dunsany side which were beaten early in the semi-final at the hands of St. Vincent. So Kilbride, another one probably like Samaris but further on their path, really young progressive team, 47 for me. 46, Davy. Yeah, I've put my own uh, beloved Cortown in here at 46, Mickey. Um, <laughs> obviously, a, like, a funny year because I can't really still put my finger on it. We we had a couple of really good results in the league prior to championship. Um, things were going well. We had huge numbers down training. But it all came down to that first uh, game against Slane in the championship. And we, we came up on stock, a four-point defeat against Slane. And after that, it was always going to be tough going against St. Vincent's and Minolte, uh, who have gone on to do good things in, in the junior championship. Um, so I, I think there's still uh, plenty of scope for us to improve. I wouldn't like to think we'd go down any more places than we are, but time will tell. Okay, boards, uh, sorry, 45. <laughs> I have the list in front of me. Is Boards Mill. Hey! A side who, who didn't win a game in a championship football this year, um, but you know that doesn't do them justice purely because of the excellent showings they put up against Beliver and Karen Ross nine points up or sorry uh, six points up against Beliver at halftime in the first round of the championship 110 to 14 um, and there were two points up against Karen Ross in the second round unfortunately at both occasions ran out of steam but could take so much out of that they didn't end up playing the last game against Clonard because Clonard gave them the walkover um, which to me was a little bit unfortunate for them because I have no doubt they would have won the game they would have taken a bit from the year they still will and for that reason I'm, I'm putting them ahead of ourselves we were actually meant to play them in uh, we were probably on course to play them in the semi-final of the league which obviously never happened 
um, and that would have been a really good yardstick for both of us. But uh, Boards Miller, a club on the up, and new management in there, a couple of excellent young players too, um, they could definitely continue to grow. Okay, two more teams before I ask you some questions. At 44th. It's the aforementioned Slane who, who defeated ourselves in the first round of the championship. Uh, again, probably a little bit unlucky in other games too. I, you know, particularly against Minolte, they were only beaten narrowly in the second round of the championship. There wasn't a whole pile in it. And then for large parts of the third round game against St. Vincent's, they really give them their fill of it. Um, they're a team that possess, you know, some excellent talent in the likes of Darren Barrel and Goals, Podge McGowan, Ina Mooney. Um, there's a number of other players which which are really taking them on again. And again, they're probably a club that have come up from Junior B and I would hold them in the same probably esteem or same company as maybe Kilbride as two of the better clubs that have come up um, as a result of that mask sort of promotion that was brought in to introduce all first teams to Junior A football for 2020. Um, so yeah, 44 for Slane. 44 for Slane. And then 43rd before we just take a quick break. 43rd is St. Bridget's from Balnacree, um, a side who obviously were in, in Broyle in that group of three, which we already mentioned with Kilmaine and Wood. They got over Kilmaine and Wood. Um, and they just came up unstuck against the Dultons in the last round of the group. There wasn't a whole pile in it. They were playing with their talisman, Michael Flood, on one leg. And by Jesus, did he play? He gave everything, really. It was a heroic display by him and St. Bridget's. But they just, unfortunately, when it came down to it, they were lacking a little bit of strength and depth. And when I look at them, that's something that they probably need to address. They need to get a few more of the young players in. They need to bulk up that panel. They have a really good, strong 15. But after that, they tend to struggle. And if a game gets tight, they maybe just don't have the finishers to bring on. But overall, they've made huge strides. And, you know, I, I'm putting them in the, the top of this probably little mini bracket. Yeah, this mini bracket. We, we, we're, we're taking a break at that. We, we just want to... What, what, what is the barometer? What, what are you using here to put these teams into position? Yeah, well, a lot of it will be based on the 2020 performance. Um, you know, championship. predominant. Yeah, championship and league and, uh, and cup as well. You, you do forget that, you know, that happened as well. So um, they're the three things that I would, uh, would include. Okay, just so if, if you're going by championship, so I've, I've broken And league all- and cup. I've, I've broken down all the championships, right? And uh, all the championship groups. And basically, so nobody in any group has, we'll say they, they, they finished in first, second, third, and fourth. Nobody has finished with a ranking above the team that, that, was, a, that was above them in their, in their group, we'll say, right? So that's fine. That's perfect. We're using, you know, championship as a barometer. Corton had the second worst defence in all three championships. And, you know, you're, 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 you're still at 46, Stevie. Yeah, so I, I would suggest that we were in one of the most hotly contested groups that there was in the junior championship. Um, we were against two really, really good established junior ASIs in Minolte and St. Vincent's, and we were against what I'd class myself as the best team to come up from Junior B last year in Slane. And that's why I've, I've reflected that and put them Slane at 44. Um, I, I know I get your argument, so I'm going to bring in Kilbride into the conversation because they won two games in the championship. However, they were playing two of the, the weaker sides in, in Junior A football um, overall in St. Mary's and Drumcondra. Drumcondra, 51, St. Mary's, 49. 
Um, you know, we, we played from Condra a couple of years ago, beat them by 20 points. We played St. Mary's this year in the game before our championship for uh, second round of the, or sorry, first round of the league and bet them by 12 points. So I'm sort of using that as the same sort of barometer with us and Kilbride. Aside from that, I, I can't really make a case for anyone else below us. Okay, well, Clannard, I, I know what you're saying about them, but like they were in Group B of the championship, which was probably the most hotly contested. And they only conceded 50 points. But now you're saying to me that they conceded the last game, which they did um, against Boards Mill. Um, so maybe numbers there. Yeah, you can. I, I can make it. I still think we could make a case for Kilbride being ahead of you. Um, I think you're. I think you're very. You're very harsh, maybe in Kilbride and Kilmaine and Wood. Yeah, yeah, Kilmaine and Wood. At the end of the day, you know, they were in what would definitely be perceived as the weakest group. Um, and, and you know. Although they didn't concede big scores, they didn't score big scores either. And uh, that group probably represented a chance for them and, and indeed St. Bridget's um, at the end. I mean, I, and again, I'd look at past form. You know, I, I would look at when we've played Kilbride in recent years, they're a really good young side. But we've always had the Indian sign over them as well. So until such a time as they're probably consistently beating us, I would still like to keep our heads above them, but only thoroughly. Until they're consistent, but these are power rankings. Yeah, consistently beating you, so you're you're using history here as well. No, I'm so, using yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like at the. It's really simple. Navin O'Matneys have to be at the top of this rankings of the new because we're using everything. History and the whole lot, and history <laughs> says they've won the most Keegan Cups. They should be number one. <laughs> Isn't that what Liverpool fans do the whole time? Well? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Um, okay, so we go from 42 to 33 now, Davy. So at 42, you've got. Geez, I'm delighted to have got by that one. Um, I won't say unscathed, but just just <laughs> alive. Uh, I can't. Um, I, I can't. I can't. Come here. I can't. I can't nail you today. I have to wait until we get a few results yeah. and stuff like that. And start yeah. to, you're talking to your. Yeah. Um, the the noisy neighbours and Dolphins are forty two, and you know they they, they were semi finalists. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, they were semi finalists. But to me, they weren't the third or fourth best team in junior this year. Um, and again, they they probably stumbled through the group of three against St Bridget's and Kilmaine and Wood, who who would wouldn't be, I suppose, massive uh, names in, in junior A football in Mead and. To me, the teams that are going to come above them that that are playing their trade at junior A are better sides than them. They beat them nine times out of ten when they play them. Um, so that's why, and again, I would look at their semi-final mauling at the hands of Beliver to suggest that they probably were um, a little bit off that level. Look, they, they did what they had to do. They won the two games that they were expected to win, but ultimately, I think, as expected, they came up unstuck against the eventual winners. Yeah, yeah. Number 41. Is Minolti a, a side who I was really, really impressed with? And had there been, had it been any other year, they'd have been in a quarterfinal because they finished second in the group. They, they did what they had to. For long parts of the third round, um, when they played ourselves and Slane were playing um, St. Vincent simultaneously, they were in with a shout at top in the group because Slane really put it up to St. Vincent's and Minolti started pulling away from us as the game went on, we were a point up at half time, but they had a real carrot in front of them to try and go and win the game with plenty to spare. And by jizz, they did everything in their power to do that. 
Um, they're, they're a really talented young side, uh, play a beautiful brand of football, some lovely players, Paul Lynch, James Cassidy, a number of other young players who are just going to kick them on. I just see them getting better and better. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, they're still, they still need to get out of the group to really push up these rankings. But I don't think that they're that far away from doing that. And I think that 2021 could be a big year for them. Very good. Moving on now to uh, our team at number 40. It's their noisy neighbours and it's Karen Ross, um, who if there was live power rankings, you'd imagine they'd be down a few spots because in many people's eyes, and I think in my own eyes at the start of 2020, I, I probably tipped them for a championship if I took my core town tinted glasses off and it was disappointing the way they flopped. They never really got going. Um, even the games they did win, they probably just fell fell across the line. And ultimately against Beliver, it was a real drab affair, but they were comprehensively beaten in the end. I think only by five, six points, but the result was never really in any doubt. Um, and Beliver did their job and did it well. Carnaross are a side that have everything you need to go on and win a championship, but they just need to, I, I don't know, is a mentality or what it is with the head or, or whatever, but when they get into sticky situations, they just have a tendency to come up unstuck. And until they rectify that, they're, they're not going to win a junior championship and they're still going to be in the 40s in our power rankings. Okay, then um, we'll move on then to number 39 then. It's Dunsany. Uh Beaten semi-finalists at the hands of St. Vincent's this year in junior football. Obviously, sailed through the group um, as easy as you like. Got the biggest test that they were going to ever get uh, in the last round of the group against Kilbride and Navin, but still passed that with flying colours in the end. Pierre Fox inspired, as you'd expect, Dunsany. But the same problem for them. You know, they went into a semi-final. They came up against the side who knew exactly how to nullify them and how they were going to nullify them. And ultimately, that's exactly what happened. They cut the influence of Pierre Fox out of the game. And unfortunately, Dunsany didn't have the backup in terms of forwards to get them over the line that night. Like, it wasn't a high-scoring game. And I know you've we've waxed lyrical time and time again about the massive tallies they put up in championship football. But ultimately, in the game that mattered in the semi-final, they just couldn't do it. And St. Vincent's, it was a smash and grab. But... That's exactly what St. Vincent's are all about. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. and Sons your local Husqvarna dealer have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in store at Clonard County Mead or call us on 046 955 1910. Okay, and then at number 38. Number 38 it is the team that, that did. You just Vincent. mentioned St. Vincent's. Yeah, and I think this makes sense because there's nothing between them and you know, Dunsany probably in their own heads would say they're a better side than St. Vincent's and people might agree with that or not. But until they actually go and get the win against them in a big championship game, ultimately you have to put St. Vincent's ahead of them. St. Vincent's flattered to deceive somewhat in the final, um, but they were against a, a superior Beliver side, I think it's fair to say. Um, a far superior Beliver side. 
Um, they're a side who've been consistently in the last four, last two of junior championship football now for a number of years. Um, and I think 38 is, is just about right. I do, I do feel that they may struggle to maintain that position without preempting things a little bit because they've lost their manager. It's going to be hard to come back again. They're going to have teams below them who are hungry uh, to, to obviously overtake them, both in terms of uh, stature, in terms of junior championship football, but also in terms of power rankings. I love the way you're trying to justify it, and I haven't even started questioning you yet. Um, no kidding. Um, that was 38. At 37, Davy, who do you have? This is remarkable. Imagine 12 months ago we said Castletown would be 37. But uh, uh, right, go on. I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll question you in a minute. I'll question you in a minute. Well, they were they were relegated from intermediate football uh, to the, the huge surprise of, of everybody else in the county. Um, team that were in the semi-final in 2019, they, they looked good things for the final one division three of the league. It was just a total nightmare last year, you know, from start to finish, absolutely hammered in round one against Blackhall Gales um, and then beaten in the second round as well. Then went into the relegation playoffs and just could not get the result. They put themselves in match-winning positions against Drumbara, against St. Pats, um, and then in the last game too. But um, they just, uh, sorry, against St. Pats in the last game before getting relegated and whatever it was, they just couldn't finish games as strongly as they were starting them in polar opposite to the way in which they were doing things last year. And um, the fact that they're relegated from junior, to me, it puts them top of the junior rankings, if you will, but bottom of every other ranking. So they're 36. Or 37th. 37th. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to say, that would be your uh, 15 teams in, in, in junior championship there now at 37. So uh, we'll go up to 33. 36 is who? 36 is St. Pat's, the team that defeated Castletown. Obviously, a team that have, if there was live power rankings again, they would have just continued to plummet throughout the course of the year. You know, a team coming down from senior, they never could get it going. Fair enough, they were pretty close in a couple of the games, particularly early on um, against St. Michael's, narrowly beaten by a 64-minute Kieran Lynch point. Um, and then the two clubs went their different ways. You know, St. Michael's pushed on, got out of the groups, and Pat's pushed on. And got out of the group too, but it was the wrong end of the group they got out of. Um, and, you know, Myla, who were newly promoted as runners-up from junior football, ended up being the ones to put them into the mire. And in fairness to them, they showed their battling qualities eventually, um, but they left it, my Jesus, they left it till the last, uh, the last dying embers of the championship to just about preserve their intermediate status. To me, the only way for them is up, particularly when I look at the likes of Dahi White and Ronan Kearns going in there. I think they'll do a job with them. I think they'll improve. I think the only way is up. Okay, number 35. It's a, it's one of the, the success stories of the last two or three years in me club football for me, and that's Myla. Um, it, it's just fairy tale stuff, Mickey. You know, it, for years and years, they've just played their trade, just plodded along at junior football. They hit a purple patch a couple of years ago. They finally broke the duck in quarterfinals, semifinals got to the final, came oh so close to beating Clannagale the first day and ended up having to go out to play a replay four days later. The, the much younger, fitter, uh, fresher Clannagale defeated them over in Ashburn. But it, it mattered not really in terms of where both were going. They were both going up to intermediate football, but the general consensus was that Myla would really struggle. You know, they, they, they would really find it hard going. And when they were put in the group, they were put in 
not many people gave them a hope of obviously just surviving the group or probably surviving the playoffs thereafter. They gave an excellent account of themselves against Waterstown uh, in the first round of the championship over in Carlinstown in round one. Um, took a bit of a beating in round two, granted against St. Michael's. Um, nothing to be ashamed of there. But they put all their eggs in one basket and produced the best 60 minutes of football they produced that year by beating uh, St. Pat's 13 points to eight over in Rackenny, I think it was, Mickey, by preserving their status. And as we've said already, putting St. Pat's in those playoffs. And Ted Dowd, manager who did a phenomenal job with them, walked away with his head held high and left them in 35th position in our power rankings. Okay, number 34, Davey. Number 34 is Bechtov. Uh I don't know what to think is what to say about Bechtov. Um They were fortunate. They were really, really fortunate, Mickey. They were so lucky not to end up in, in relegation playoffs. And it, the only reason they did is because of their last gasp win against Drumbara in the first round of the championship. But after that, whatever happened, things just went arseways. The complete arse fell out of them. Um and they were so lucky that uh, Rakeni clung on for a draw against Rambara in the last round of the group because had they not, Bechtel would have ended up in those playoffs. And to me, they would have been the favourites for the drop. So they could count themselves quite fortunate they avoided the, avoided the playoffs. But again, change of management there. Ted Dowd, the man who we're just after talking about with Myla, is going in now with Bechtel and... Uh, you know, he, he'll get a tune out of them, I'm sure he will. There's good players in Bechtel, Mickey, and this is what sort of frustrates me. They should not be struggling to the degree they are, and particularly when they get the huge win in round one of the championship, you think it, they're going to kick on now. They might even get out of the group, but it just went the other way. And they're a real confidence team, and unfortunately, until they probably snap out of that and they get a bit stronger mentally with a stronger mental strength, which I'm sure Ted will instill in them, they're probably going to be languishing around the mid-30s. Okay, okay. And at number 33, and then we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, it's Drumbara, uh, the, the team we've already spoken about. Um, and again, after the first round of the championship, you would say they'd probably be down at 40. But full credit to them, Mickey. The way they got it together and the way they finished the year was was absolutely brilliant. Um, they took incredible momentum from their, I suppose, latter stage performance in, in the group where they were really unlucky, as, as we've already said, uh, to to end up in relegation playoffs. But when they were there, they were in a do-or-die game against Castletown. Um, and they were up against it, you know, six or eight points down at one stage. But they rallied, they called on all of their experience, the bit of youth they have coming through as well. And they pulled through with flying colours. And I think that could be the turning point for Drumbara now. I know there's, there's obviously a change of management and everything like that, but... The way they finished the year, they showed great character compared to the way they started it. And by all accounts, they were by far the better side against Bechtel, but it was a last gasp goal that broke their hearts. But it would have been very easy for them to just lie down and maybe take their punishment and end up getting relegated or something back to junior A football, but not a bit of it. Fair play to them. Right. So, okay. So from 42 to 33, we're just going to have a look at them, Davey. And uh, it's a mixture of junior and intermediate clubs here. Um, so there is so just want to bring it back to like Karen Ross um, you know beaten by the eventual winners of the championship this year as you said had them down as you know favourites for the championship at the beginning of the year so why are they languishing down so far at number 40 
because because unfortunately the, the only beat uh Clonard and Boards Mill, and as I said already, they were probably fortunate to do so with Boards Mill. Um you've won about the league in the cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like the league, the league they were going strong in, they were in the final. Um the the league, sorry, the cup they were going strong in, they were in the final. The league, uh, not so good. If memory serves me right, I don't think they enjoyed the best of league campaigns. Um, but again, looking what's ahead of them, there's absolutely no way I could justify putting them ahead of Dunsany or St. Vincent's. Right. And uh, Castletown, like, do you really think that they're 37th? Because again, using your logic, using your logic of, of everything, <laughs> you're using everything. They were in an intermediate semi final. A year ago, well, a year previous to this yeah. championship, um, and beaten after extra time by the eventual winners, won the division three. So, like, how can they be? How can they can be down at thirty seven? Like, I just and like even even for some pats, you're just going on championship and being relegated, is it? So the reason with Castletown probably is is the fact they got relegated from intermediate, and in my own head, I just could not put teams ahead of them who I feel first of all have beaten them but have also stayed up and to me they're probably better set than, than maybe Castletown were this year like St. Pat's are the prime example they, they defeated Castletown in that game to relegate them had, had it been the other way around no doubt the, the rankings would have flip-flopped or sorry Castletown would have been probably 36 Pat's would have been 37 um, I can but, see yeah. I, I can see at least seven or eight teams that have I would say if Castleton were put out against them in the morning, that they'd beat them, that are well above them, or even up as far as maybe, you know, up as far as maybe number 20. That's what we were saying all year. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you do realise I am going to pick, I'm going to be so picky on all this. And, yeah. Uh, it, it has. There's no point in me giving you a free run. We have to. We have to. We have no, to and, and I, I, I get that. And and to be honest with you, the whole Castletown thing is a head scratcher, and I'm sure they're they're no different to any of the rest of us looking at it. And that's the that's the thing. Had it been last year, or sorry, had it been 2019, they'd have been 20. They'd have been sorry. They might have been 20. They would have been 20 to 25. No doubt about it. Um, and had we done it the start of last year, they would have been. They would have been in the top twenty. I, d- I don't think there's any question about that. Well then, well then, why is it that Bective are behind Drumbarrow when they beat Drumbarrow in the championship? Because I, d- I don't feel the win was justified, and uh, the two clubs went in completely different directions after that, which tells me that Drumbarrow are the better team. Well, they didn't because Drumbarrow stayed below them and went into Drum- went into relegation. <laughs> look at look at the margins of the victories and defeats. So Drumbarrow got within a whisker of, um, of B or sorry, got got relatively close. You'd say to Trim, they drew with Rakeni, fierce and lucky not to win. Bective were absolutely pasted in two games. Yeah, Bective were minus twenty three score, and Drumbarrow were minus thirteen. But Drumbarrow obviously only with one point with that draw against Rakeni. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's 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 interesting. Like I I I would definitely like I would say that Castletown could easily beat uh, Moila Becht of Drumbarrow. They'd give Ballinlock a, a right good go. But um, Jesus, Sydney are above them as well. But we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Kilmainham, 
Um, Waterston, I'd say they give Waterston a good run as well. Anyways, um, that's just that that little segment uh, questioned on you now. We're going into our final six for this podcast. So this brings us all the way up to 26, and then we're going to do a separate podcast from 26 to 1. So um, starting at number 32, it sounds like the um, the top 40 on top of the pops. <laughs> and uh, coming in at number 32, it's Susan Farrell and Ballon Law. <laughs> With their rendition of. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ballon Lock are probably another head scratcher too, Mickey, because it's either feast or famine with them. You know, they, they're, yeah. so, they're so capable of beating probably any of the top 12 ahead of them. But you'd also say they're quite capable of losing to the 10 below them. And uh, they're, they're somewhere in between. Um, I mean, again, another team that ended up in Broiled in relegation trouble. Uh, granted, they showed, you know, they showed enough to, to get out of trouble, eventually having been beaten by Oldcastle the first day out, um, but got out of jail against... Uh, against Pats, I'm going to say. I think it was Pats um, in, in the relegation playoffs. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but but again, they've probably chopped and changed with managers in recent times. They've been up and down into in finals and then not challenging. They've had some promising moments, but then they've had some real dull moments as well. Um, to, to me, just looking at the five or six teams below them, I would still have them ahead of them. But... They're, they're a team that could go either way. I mean, they're probably bang on where you'd expect them to be, but will they will they go up or down? That's the question. Okay. At number 31. It's the junior champions, Beliver, um, who, who are coming in at 31. And to be honest with well you, up this, the rankings. Exactly. This is how highly I rate them. I really do. I've said it, I've said it countless times after them winning it that I believe they can go up into intermediate and they can ruffle some feathers and they can trouble a lot of teams in that intermediate championship. And they could probably trouble a lot of teams that, may, that are maybe ahead of them still. But definitely the teams below them, I would have them on form ahead of them. I just look at the nature that they won the championship, Mickey, and how, um, how effortless it was, how you know, drama-free it was. Um, and not many teams win the championship like that. Even Clannagale, who have gone on to do great things in the Intermediate Championship this year, they were still fortunate enough to beat Miley the first day in the final last year. Um, so so I think there's there's a little bit of a tale the way Beliver won the championship this year. So for me, they're 31 with the view that they could continue to improve and progress. Okay, number 30. Number 30 is Sidden, um, team who had a, an incredible win uh, first round of the championship against Oldcastle. Um, and, and after that, there was some... There was some decent moments. There was some not decent moments. In the end, they ended up finishing up respectable with a, with an incredible draw against the league Bellies Town in a game that probably will break all records for the amount of scores in that game. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it, it was it was a really good game. So they finished up with three points. To me, before the ball was kicked, they probably would have been the favourites to finish bottom of that group. Um, Davy Cahill's in there with Nigel Maguire, experienced campaigners, the, the pair of them. They've won championships in Mead Hill as, as a duo as well. So they're, they're there to do a job. I, again, I, Sidden, I can't can't really make too strong of a case for them getting any higher. That's not to say they played Division One football in recent years. So they have the pedigree. But they're a team probably similar to a number of other teams in North Mead that maybe lack that little bit of strength and depth. Okay, number 29. 
It's old castle. Um, <laughs> yeah. <What>? So <laughs> you're not allowed to question until I finish. <laughs> I'm not questioning you. I'm just, just having a giggle as I look at the tables here in front of me. Go on. Yeah. So so again, a team that have, were in two back to back semi-finals in the intermediate championship, and again, like Ballon Lock and like Castletown, you know, flattered to deceive somewhat, but to me, they're still a big, big side, and they're still if you, if you're drawing out odds for for this year's championship, they're still in the top five to win the championship, probably before a ball is even kicked. Um, they obviously have a man you'll be very familiar with, and Jim McNabb going down to manage them now in extra, mm-hmm. which will be a really interesting experiment to see how that goes. To me, they're underachieving hugely. Um, and I was at the relegation game against Ballon Lock when they showed exactly what they're all what they're capable of. They played some beautiful football, Scully to the fore, CJ Haley, a couple of other guys, the Hardons, Paddy Gilston coming on for a cameo. Robbie Farley's been out injured. They have so much at their disposal, but it's just... They play Division 1 as well, probably similar to Sidon in that sense. Um, to me, the only way is up for them, but they have to start realising that now. To me, 29 is far too low for Oldcastle to be. Okay, we've got two left in this half of the podcast. And at number 28, it is... It's Longwood, who were relegated from uh, Senior Championship in 2019. Um, they were never going to come down and be... Uh, massive favourites or anything like that to, you know, to bounce straight back up and win the intermediate championship. But they were always going to be a team that were going to be treated as a really tough and sticky proposition. And to be fair, that's what they were. Um, they were unlucky in a number of games, beat Ballon Lock, narrowly beaten by Mead Hill, um, and eventually didn't get out of the group. They weren't in relegation trouble. But to me, that's a little bit of an underachievement for Longwood because of the players that they have at their disposal, the likes of Ryan Moore, Harry Hogan, Mickey Burke, Damien Healy, Ryan, Ryan Moore, I've already mentioned, sorry, Aaron, en- Aaron Ennis. Um, so they have great players who have who've performed at senior level. And to me, maybe it's just a year to bed themselves back into intermediate, but to me, they're a team that needs to be sort of pushing on and challenging again. I'm not going to say they're going to be up there and they're going to be in a final or anything like that, but they should definitely be pushing to get out of the group, I feel. Okay, and finally, at number 27. 27, it's Mead Hill. Um, they, they had a decent year. They won two of their three games, you know, in the group. And uh, unfortunately, they came up unstuck in the last round of the group against Clannagale in Navan. And the winner-takes-all clash to, to see who went out of the group and made it to a provisional quarterfinal in the Intermediate Championship. Um yeah, Paddy Martin has stepped aside, done a fantastic job. He's had a couple of really memorable years there. Um, obviously, taking over from Davy Cahill after winning the Junior Championship was going to be a tough task. But to me, the standout moment was beating Oldcastle a couple of years ago um, over in over in Ballinlock. And, you know, they, they, they were unlucky a little bit. I was disappointed with the way they performed against Clannagale. I actually expected them to win that game. And they put themselves in a winning position. But Clannagale caught them on the hop a number of times and got in for really cheap goals. And had it not been for that, who knows, you know, Mead Hill could have been in the quarterfinal and it would have been real bonus territory. I do feel, and this is mad, it's like talking about premiership teams, but they miss their fans, you know. When, they're, when they don't have their support base at games, they're just not the same proposition because they are absolute lunatics on the line, Mickey. 
I don't know. I don't know a club team that brings five thousand supporters to every single game. Like it's exactly. just crazy. <laughs> and they sound like fifty thousand. Do you know? Yeah. Um, but but they're really passionate football people over there, and you know it's full credit to them. To me, they're they're twenty seventh on complete and utter merit over their performance over the last four or five years consistently. Um, but they're still just just a little bit below the top bracket of the intermediate. We'll say. Okay, Davy. So we're going from thirty-two to twenty-seven, and, and and straight away I have to go to Oldcastle and Sydney. Like you've got Oldcastle above Sydney, and yet Sydney ended up with three points in the championship, and Oldcastle ended up with no points and ended up in a relegation battle. Hmm. And going by your logic, that that should definitely mean that Sydney should be nearly six places above them, <laughs> but they're below them. <laughs> they are because all kinds of better <laughs> All right, but but but, uh, but 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 on paper they might be a better side, but results show that Sydney are a better side. And this is my thing. Wait, like like that's why I think like Castleton are like like Mead Hill are in twenty seventh and Longwood in twenty eighth, but Castleton are in thirty seventh. I would have Castleton yeah. above Mead Hill and Longwood. But but Mead Hill nearly got out of the group, Mickey. Castletown got relegated. Yes, but Sydney ended up with three points and Oldcastle ended up in a relegation battle. I'm using your logic here, so I am, to try and show you the er- the errors of your ways, Davy. <laughs> it's me, it's really you, interesting. If you census, right, of Mead football and you ask, Who's, who would you have higher, Oldcastle or Sidden? They may or may not look at that game, but they will. I guarantee you 75% of people will put Oldcastle ahead of Sidden. I and agree. I, and if you, ask them about, if you ask them about Castleton, and you ask them, uh, would say, you say to them, who's a better team, Castleton or Meath Hill or Longwood or Sidden or Banlock or Drumbarra or Bective or Moyla or St. Pat's? And most people would put Castleton above them. No, because not, not a they just had a, not a they just had they just had a bad year. Same as Oldcastle. They just had a bad year. Yeah, like. But but Oldcastle had a bad year and didn't get relegated. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is the difference. You, you can have a bad year and, and grand write it off and start again next year. When you have a bad year and get relegated and you don't win, I think it was a five or six games on the spin that they lost. To me, it was probably just look at it was probably a hangover year. You, you see it oftentimes, second year syndrome and this kind of thing. But but don't get relegated. My God, don't don't get relegated. Like Castletown did. And that's why they're 37. You know, like I can't, I actually can't put them ahead. I, you couldn't justify putting them ahead of anybody else in that. I, I can't. It's 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 an interesting logic that you use, um, in that there's absolutely no logic to it at all. <laughs> You're allowed to question me, but you're not <laughs> like like Jerry Gilroyd is just going to own own gene. Nah, nah, you're talking shit. You're talking yeah, because, shit. Because he you're is. talking shit, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know because I know you used to have a fond affiliation with the people of Castletown. Like, what did Castletown do in you to have them down in thirty seventh? <laughs> did I? Um, <laughs> but but this is the whole thing. Like, I I still before balls kicked this year, I have them top of the junior. We'll say so. I have them ahead of St Vincent's and Saint Carn Ross, 
and you were you were just saying about Karen Ross there a few minutes ago. So if if that logic was applied, then Karen Ross would arguably be higher than Castleton. But to me, Castleton are going to come down. They're going to be the favourites to win junior. Um, and that's why I have them top of that particular tree. But they're the fact they got relegated... They're still, but are, they're still playing Division 2 league football, aren't they? Yeah, but look at... They could have... Uh, had three given three walkovers this year in, in the league and they would still be division two. There was no relegation promotions, you know. So um and I think they lost I think they lost both yeah they were comprehensively beaten in their two league games. Um one was at the hands of their, their near neighbours Nobber and uh, the other one I can't even remember off the top of my head, but they were well beaten in the two games, which to be honest should have probably sent out alarm bells, but we still thought Castellan or championship team, they're gonna get it going. And even going into the last I sure how many times I probably lost a fortune on them fecking predictions by picking Castle down every single week and then into the relegation thing. Old Castle, by the same token, lost by double scores on average in each of their games in the championship. They scored 29 and they yeah. conceded 60. Yeah. But so they yeah, lost they with doubles, but lost yeah, with double scores. They didn't get relegated. They got it together. This is what I'm saying. They had a bad year. I mean, I 100% accept that. But when it when they needed to against Ballinlock in that relegation playoff, a local derby, lot of hatred there, they got the job done. Castletown, by the same token, they had they had two, possibly three bites at the cherry. They couldn't get the job done, and they put themselves in match winning positions. I don't know was a fitness, belief, mentality, what it was. At the end of the day, they just could not get over the line. And at the end of the day, they're going to be a junior club for twenty twenty one. They will, they will, and um, I think uh, we'll just have to leave it at that. That was 52-27 to 27 in the Loyal Royals MGA Club Power Rankings, or Rispens Rankings, as we like to call them for now. I, um, I am a little bit in shock about some of them, and uh, it's going to take me a while to get over it. But once we get over it, we'll get back to it, and we'll do 26-1. to 1. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O. Coyne & Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Mead or call us on 046-955-1910. Part 2 of the MGA Club Power Rankings, or as we like to call it, Rispens Rankings. I wasn't too impressed with the start off from 52 to 27. A lot of them were fairly okay and whatever, but there's a few red herrings in there that I just couldn't... Uh, I couldn't understand the logic in it, Davey, and... Um, I'm I'm in no doubt that I will be coming back to it in the top 26 as well. I look at Mickey, that's the nature of it. And I think this is what we sort of want to an extent because no nobody's going to agree with us or agree with me. Um, unless, of course, you're probably number one of these power rankings and you'll probably be delighted then. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a running thing. We have to start someplace and uh, we have our first 26 out of the way, but we really get down to business now. Yeah, and I, in fairness to you, I thought I thought you might um, you might get a few digs in, um, similar to the way Owen Sheen does. Just always has Mead way down the rankings. Just doesn't like Mead and whatever. 
And, uh, you know, th- th- that's understandable. He's a Kerry man. And if you took a beating like like, like they did off Mead in 2001, um, you'd always hold it against them. So that's understandable. But, like, you know, I thought that you might have a few grudges. Like, I thought maybe you'd throw St. Dalton's in at 52 and just put St. Paul's ahead of them at 51 just with the crack, like. If I was feeling really annoyed and feeling really bold, I would, Mickey, but I, I know <laughs> the consequences professionally and uh, domestically would be huge. Yeah, well, look, 52 was St. Paul's, 51 was Drumcondreth, 50 was Clannard, 49 was St. Mary's, 48, Kilmaine and Wood, 47, Kilbride, 46, his own Corton, 45, Boards Mill, 44, Slane, 43, St. Bridget's, 42, St. Dalton's, and 41, Minolte, and now we're hitting the top 40. It's number 40, it's Connor Ross. At number 39, it's Dunsany. Coming in at 38, it's St. Vincent's. 37, Castledown, 36, St. Pat's. 35, Myla. 34, Bective. 33, Drumbarra. 32, Ballinlock. 31, Beliver. 30, Sidden. And 29, Oldcastle. How he had that like that, I don't know. 28, Longwood. And 27 was Mead Hill. We're now entering the top 26, Davey. And we're going to go from 26 to 17. So starting at number 26, who do we have at 26? It's my own neighbours, Dundry or Dunderry or Dundry, whatever way you say it. Uh, we put them in right in the middle of uh, the pack here at 26. And again, probably similar to a number of other intermediate sides that we've already talked about in the previous podcast, underachieving. You know, they're, they're a team that only a couple of years ago were kicking the ball away from senior football and beating St. Colm Gills in the final. But it just for whatever reason, they haven't kicked on. They've, you know... Chopped and changed with managers. Granted, they've been a bit unlucky. They've, you know, lost a lot of players, a lot of big stars, like of Stephen Coog and Paddy Canelli. Um, Simon Carty's been away a couple of years too. And um, they haven't really had the rub of the green with injuries and stuff like that. But even with that, going into this year, you would have thought that the group they were in, they would have probably fancied their chances of getting out of it. But that those hopes and aspirations and dreams were shattered in round one, really, when Kilmainham absolutely stunned them. At Kilmainham side, they didn't get a win in the championship last year, um, but completely turned them over in Sean Newman Park. And uh, it, it probably set the tone for both of their seasons. I mean, Dundry, in the end, it really petered out because um, the, their second game was, I think, was completely academic by the time they played because um, Kilmainham had already gone through. So they were out of the championship um, and they knew that they were safe in the knowledge that they... They couldn't obviously finish bottom in the group. So Castletown were the ones. But to me, Dundry are a side that needs to be challenging at the latter stages of intermediate championship. They have everything they need to do that, but they just need to get the results. And unfortunately, this year, they didn't have them. Okay, number 25. Number 25 is the aforementioned Kilmainham, who uh, were the side to beat them in the first round of the championship Uh Really, really good year for Kilmainham. They won two out of their three games. To be fair, they won the two out of their two games that they played in the group. They didn't play Castletown in the third round. Um, you know, two upsets of, of seismic shocks, you'd have to say, by beating Dundry and Blackhall Gales. And getting to the semi-final was probably an overachievement. And yes, they got a heavy beating at the hands of uh, runners-up trim in that semi-final. When nothing really went right for them on the day, but as we said, they were in bonus territory and for a side that didn't win a game uh, in 2019, it was a remarkable turnaround in fortunes and uh, 
They are the 25th team. Uh, and at number 24? At number 24, it is Clan Gael, the 2020, 2019 uh, Junior A champions. Um, they've could just continued on their merry way, really. Um, again, there's nothing spectacular about them when you watch them. They're just efficient and they're effective to get results that don't necessarily blow teams away. They don't play them off the pitch or anything like that, but they have they have a game plan, they have a strong level of fitness, and that gets them so far. Now, ultimately, it just wasn't enough to get them any further than the preliminary quarterfinals. Obviously, they topped their own group. Again, it would be perceived as probably the weaker of the groups in the Intermediate Championship, but they did what they had to do, bet Mead Hill in the last round to do it. And uh, yeah, they're a team that have been just consistently on the up. It'll, it'll be the next challenge for them is to try and push on again and try and get into the top 20. That's going to be the next big task for them because ultimately they're going to hit a few you know, roadblocks along the way, but they're a young enough team and they're just riding on the crest of a wave at the moment. At 23, Davey? At 23, Mickey, it's Black Hole Gales and uh, they'll be scratching their heads, you know, at, at their year. Um, you know, absolutely blew Castletown away in the first round of the championship. 10-point uh, winners on the day and put themselves in such a strong position in round two against Kilmainham, only to be, um, I mean, stunned at the death when Kilmainham kicked the last four points in the game to shock them and, and knock them out of the championship there. And then um, they went on to play Dunry. I think it was, uh, wasn't it a draw in that uh, meaningless game, which turned no. into an absolute, no, Dunry won. Dunry, Dunry beat them, yeah. yeah. In an we'll come back to battle. it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, we shouldn't because the CCC could be listed, but uh, it was uh, it was an incredible feisty, and I don't know where the the bad blood comes from, but it clearly exists between the two. But anyway, um, they would have went into that game uh, already true had they got the win um, against Kilmainham, but it just wasn't to be. And the, you know, back to the drawing board again for them. Again, had it been two teams true, they more than likely would have probably gone through into a quarterfinal, but it wasn't to be, so that's why they are in at 23. In at number 22 is? In at number 22 is Rakenny. Um, fortunately, their die was probably cast in the first round of the championship in that massive game against Trim in Navin. Uh, I think it was a Sunday evening, if memory serves me right. And... Uh, they were, they were there for long parts of the game, but you always just felt that Trim had that little bit more in hand. Uh, and the likelihood was that, unfortunately, the nature of the group they were in, Trim were probably never going to make a slip up after that. So Rakeni were always going to be fighting a losing battle. Um, in the end, they managed to equate three out of a possible four points. And in that, they'd, they'd be disappointed they didn't probably beat Trumbar in the last round of the group. They did a real uh, demolition job in Vectiv in round two. Um, but their side again coming down from senior football uh, only in 2019 having played senior football for a number of years huge personalities huge players in their ranks the likes of Kyogi and, and uh, Brian Mead and Caleb Halligan and Robert Gary all players with ex-Mead experience there's I, I think we all just assume that Rakeni should be challenging at the latter stages of intermediates and yeah, they probably still would have went through if there was two teams coming out of the group. But would they went on to realistically challenge? I don't know. Dudley Farrell is there again next year. It'd be interesting to see, can he get a tune out of them second year of Ashford? Okay, um, just the same way as you'd expect Castleton to be 
at the latter end of the interview, but we'll come back to that anyway. At number number 21, you have. At number 21, I have Waterstown. Um, Martin O'Connell, obviously, at the helm uh, there, and... It was it was a weird one. Obviously, it was a strange one for himself coming up against St. Michael's in that do-or-die clash last round of the group. Um, two sides who were uh, unbeaten going into that game, having you know done what they had to do against Moyla and St. Pat's, respectively. Um, and it was always going to be a tight game. It was always going to be a do-or-die clash. The game hinged on a, on a penalty decision, which resulted in the Waterstown keeper going off with a black card as well. And the game completely swung in St. Michael's favour after that. And they did what they had to do in the last quarter and, and they did the job, got to a semi-final and Waterstown bowed out. And um, I was disappointed with them in the second half of that game because in the first half, they played some sumptuous football. They were outstanding. Lovely, lovely uh, patterns of play. Great individual performers and everything like that. But they just went into their shell in the second half when the game was really in the melting pot, which to me was disappointing. And for a side with the tradition and history that they have... Um, I, I don't think they should be succumbing to that but I, I, I do think there's there's a bright enough future for them I think they're on the upward curve now they've been a number of years probably in decline I think that was the first real year since they probably got to the intermediate semi-final when Colin Kills bet them in extra time that I've seen uh, positive signs coming from Waterstown At number 20 At number 20 is St. Michael's Um the team that obviously got to the semi-finals this year again I've been talking to Davey Wright about this ever since and like he still feels that the game could have went either way against Ballabracky to me the kind of the better side shown on the day I, I just thought that Ballabracky the longer the game went on at the key moments they were the ones that really stepped up they got the when they got a goal chance they took it and maybe that's where some Michaels just fell down in addition to that they probably didn't play to their star players' best strengths on that occasion. You know, they went fairly direct that day with Jamie Farley on the edge of the square. The players who served them well in getting them to that stage, you know, or me and Shane McDonald and that, with a running game, they sort of abandoned that. And, and to me, that was a little bit disappointing for them. Um, but again, around those guys, you're going to be building the team for the next couple of years. So you need to stick with it and, and stick by them. I think a semi-final at the start of the year had you offered it to St. Michael's, they'd have snapped your hand off at it. Sure, they would have had aspirations of getting out of the group, but not too many people. I, I did fancy them to go well, but not too many people aside from that would have. And they actually had a bad league campaign before that. So the championship campaign was probably all the more impressive after that. Um, but they're a team, again, that are probably at an all-time high if we were to be doing this over a number of years. I know they were in an intermediate final about five years ago, but to me, they're probably a better side now than they were then, if that makes sense. So uh, I think 20 is about right for the Michaels. Okay, um, three more before we just take a break and have a chat about what you've uh, what you've come up with so far. So number nineteen, yeah. So so number nineteen is Nobber. Um, obviously, they're going to be dropping back down to intermediate football after a short stay in senior. Sure, they've had some. I mean, the the, the standout moment obviously being the Simonstown game. Like that'll live long in the memories. They'll take that to the grave with them. Unfortunately, there was just there just wasn't enough of that sort of um, consistency in their performance and, and exuberance and everything like that. I thought at times defensively they were way too open, you know, shipped too many big tallies. And they, like we've seen, it's like they, they, 
they went toe-to-toe with every team, including your own Simonstown, Mickey, in terms of scoring and everything like that. But it was at the other end. And granted, they were missing a number of players through injury. They suffered a couple of really unlucky injuries before the year started. And I think that was a huge hindrance on them. Obviously, losing Brian Farrell to, to Retoth as a manager was, was a blow in terms of scoring. But that wasn't really where the issue was. I thought Mead and Morris in particular, they, they had absolutely brilliant years. Um, but when you look at their intermediate championship winning success the year previously, um, the whole win against Trim was built upon a solid foundation and then the bit of class up front to do the job which they had in the three guys. Um, they're a side coming down in intermediate that I would have in the same uh, esteem as Longwood. Do you know what I mean? I don't have them coming down. I don't see them being favourites for the intermediate or, or that. I think they'll be up there, but I think getting them into the last four of the championship will take a little bit of doing again. And if they could do that, to me, that would represent really, really good progress. New manager, Anto Monaghan, going in, a guy you know well, I wish him all the best. But it's going to be a big task in Nobber to, to try and get them back on a, on a winning trend. Okay, two more before we have a chat. 18, who do you have at 18? 18 is the league Bellews Town. Um, and there's method in my madness here, Mickey. <laughs> um, you know, one of our quiz questions in, in the We Are Me, the inaugural quiz was uh, how many teams went undefeated in last year's championship? And there was four, the three championship winning sides and also Delete Pellewstown, who didn't get out of the group, but um, could have easily defeated the eventual champions, Balanabraki in round one when they were held to a draw. And by all accounts, they were fierce and lucky not to get the win that day. After that, it was a complete chase. And it was going to come down to score difference. Um, and to be fair to Balderbracki, they did an incredible job going into the last round of the group to put themselves in such a strong position numerically that really left it hard work for uh, Delique Bellustown, who led for large parts against Sidon, but I think the wind went out of their sails when they heard what Balderbracki were doing to poor old Oldcastle. And that, that really probably, um, you know, was the final nail in their coffin. They went off the boil and, you know, full credit to, to Sidden. They got a draw against them in the end. But to me, Delik Bellustown are a savage outfit. Fortunately, they're losing their manager who's gone to Centrestown now. But they have uh, two Sheridans going in there now in, in Damien and Joe. Who, I think that's going to be a really interesting um, experiment because I think they're a real sleeping giant. I think they're a big player in this intermediate championship. And I think if, uh, if the lads can get them going... Uh, when, when things get back going I, I think they have a damn good chance of going very close to winning an intermediate championship and at number 17 and at number 17 it is the beaten uh, runners up um, sorry beaten finalist in trim from the intermediate this year Mickey like you're, you know your heart goes out to them we, we already talked about <laughs> Nobber in that final and you know, they were full value for their win that day. But against Balnebracchi, it was just two quality out, quality sides going at it. And there was nothing between them. Granted, Balnebracchi just got over the line. They held it together um, when it mattered most towards the last 10, 15 minutes. To me, Trim had, had all the aces. They had an extra man for 10 minutes of that second half. They had the lead, but they just didn't kick on. They just didn't go for the kill. They went into protection mode, possibly with bad memories of the final from 12 months previous or whatever. I don't know. Um, but if they had the chance again, I'm sure they'd have done things differently. But that's just football, Mickey. They're still an awesome outfit. They're still going to be the favourites, um, huge favourites going into the 2021 Intermediate Championship. And 
I still hold them in, in high esteem and I have them at 17 in, in our power rankings. So we're going to have a little uh, talk now about the last uh, nine to ten teams that you, you mentioned there. I'm sure we may as well start with Trim. Do you think Trim are only 17th at the county? Like, do you do you not think that they're better than some of the teams? Uh, above I, them? I, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably <laughs> you could make a case for them being 16, um, not any higher, not anyone above that, no. Um, and even at that, I think it's probably a bit of a push um, because just purely because until they get out of intermediate, I, I still think I still think they're an awesome side, but they still have to get over the line to, to really establish themselves as a senior club. And then we'll see, you know, where they're at. Um, but again, the beauty of this is that like if you, a team you, is struggling in senior and, or in league, the next power rankings trim could definitely go up a place or two. But you've ranked the league Bellewstown at 18 um, mm. based on them not even getting out of the group in the intermediate championship. Yeah, which, would but, mean that they were, which would mean that they, were, they weren't even the fifth best team in the intermediate championship. Then. They, they weren't in terms of semi-finals and finals, Mickey, but they, they, were, they were the only team that didn't lose to Balnebracchi, put it like that. You know, every other team was beaten by Balnebracchi in the intermediate championship, including Trim. Um, and like they'd have gone through any other year obviously comfortably in second spot they could have easily went through um, had they got a bigger score difference up you know before the, the final round of the group so to me they're fully justified being 18 again they're, they're no higher because Trim to me are still a better side than them but they're definitely ahead of anything else that yeah but you're, you're talking about Delique Bellustin's potential like potentially no they no, are, I, no, I, no no I'm not talking about potential I'm talking about um how they how they performed this year. Uh they were beaten, they weren't beaten, sorry. They, they drew with the champions Balnebracchi. Nobody else did that, including Trim. Like Kilmainham, for example, absolutely hammered. Um St. Michaels were 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 well bet by Balnebracchi as well, which tells me that if St. Michaels were well bet by Balnebracchi, the Elite Bellustown drew with Balnebracchi. So that's where the logic is. Okay, but Sidden drew with Delique Bellustown. Does that not mean that Sidden are as good as Balnebracchi and as Delique Bellustown? I kind of explained it. Um, well, you did. <laughs> I, I did. I did though. Like, well, you're using you're using you're using the same logic but differently for each team. You know what I'm saying? But, but, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to make like even if we go back down here to we go back down to Blackhall Gales are ahead of Kilmainham and Dundry, and yet mm. both Dundry and Kilmainham beat them in the championship. Yeah, I, I just see them as a better side, to be honest with you. They, they, they only beat Castleton, who you've got ranked at 37th. Yeah, yeah, and, and I still maintain that's justified as well. <laughs> um, but how do you justify I, that? I just, ju- just going back to the Delique Bellusen thing, I can't, obviously the two teams that you'd probably straight away try and argue for is Nobber maybe coming down from senior. <laughs> And St. Michael's may be the better of the intermediate semi-finalists. And to me, they're not better sides than Dulik Bellustown right this minute. Okay, okay. But then we'll, we'll come back down then to Blackhall Gales, uh, Kilmainham and Dundry. Just like Blackhall Gales were beaten by both Kilmainham and, and Dundry. Yeah. We would have had Dundry down at the start of the year as contenders for the intermediate championship. Blackhall Gales with that one game against Castletown, which we now realise was was uh, was 
we've probably we put up with too much weight on it. Mm. Yeah, that probably. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and at the time we we, we remember looking back and at the time when we we were like Blackhawk Gales are going to win the intermediate, so we were. And and like they probably believed that themselves, you know. But um, I suppose. Blackhall Gales, you have to look at their, their league performance as well. Like, they were two from two in the league. They were going into a, which would have been an excellent barometer, by the way, against St. Michael's in the last round of the group um, to decide who went into a who went into a league final or whatever. So their league form was good. Their, their championship form was good. And they were only beaten by Kilmainham with the last kick of the game. I don't look into the Dunry game because it was a pointless game. Do you know, it was a... It was a it was a dead rubber. Neither side could get up. Neither side could go down. They ended up kicking the fucking shite out of each other, um, as it turned out. But uh, that, that I still, I still would have Blackhall Gales that high. I still think that that's where they they would be. And even you could even coming bring from, in. And I'm, I'm coming, actually, you could even Blackhall Gales are coming from nowhere though, because the previous year, really, really poor year. Do you know? So you're just going basically on on on. One result against Castleton and two league games. Oh, they won two out of three games in the 2019 championship now, in fairness to them. Uh, now, I agree with you. They didn't, they wouldn't have been pulling up any trees. And to me, they were no. a much better side in, in 2020 than they were in 2019. But again, I'm seeing progression year on year. They got some of the, the more established players back, the likes of Tyg Brosnan and the Kellys. Nestor was going well. Um, They'll, they'll be sickened and I know they were at the time because they, they definitely feel that they had a big say in the championship but unfortunately the way things materialised for them which was most unusual by the way that Kilmainham went through with two wins straight away normally every kind of round or every group in the different grades went to the last game just the way it worked out for Kilmainham with Castletown being beaten in their first two yeah meant head to head was exactly was, was in their favour so, so the likes of Dundry and Blackhall Gales could probably count themselves a little bit unlucky. And again, it's because of the detriment of Castletown being as poor as they were. Yeah. Um, and finally, Rath, yeah, look, again, I have to play devil's advocate here. So, like, and I'm oh, you're doing gonna, a good job. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a really good job. Um, Rath Kenny, um, suppose, like, I had them down as, you know, serious contenders at the start of the year, having come down from senior championship and whatever. But, you know, you've got them below Waterstown and St. Michael's and the previous years uh, when, when, when they came down, Nobber went up. Um, mm. So, you know, they're, they're ranked really, really low. And like, below Delique Bellistown as well. Yeah, and I, I actually thought it was, if anything, being a little bit maybe, maybe kind to Rakeni. Because I wasn't at all impressed with them. Um, well, their their year hung on, on on that first game against Trim. Uh, like it was do or die. Yeah, no, I get that, and uh, they were in the game for for large parts, but they were you you felt they were always second best. And in my eyes, whether the other games are not as important or whatever, the fact that they went out and trounced Bective uh, suggested that. Yeah, they're, they're not too bad. And th- then they should go out and I won't say they should do the same to Drumbarrow, but they should be doing a job on Drumbarrow if they have aspirations of challenging for intermediate and they didn't. Um, so so they were beaten, the Drew one, the won one. I think 22 is about right. They won one of their three games, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting when 
Blackhall Gales won one of their three games and yet are still ahead of the two teams that beat no, them. No, they're, be- they're below Rackenny though. Yeah, but they're below, but they're above Kilmainham and Dundry who both beat them. And mm-hmm. Kilmainham who ended up with four out of six points didn't play their last game. Um, and Dundry as well, I think, ended up with four points. Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting. So we're going to move on now and we're going to go into the top 16 and we're going to go from 16 to 9. We'll stop and have a chat and then we'll go from 8 to 1. So at 16, Davy. At 16, it's Curaha who um, have definitely had a hangover year from 2019. A superb year where they got to a preliminary quarterfinal beaten by Dunham Rashburn over in screen and um, surpassed all of our wildest expectations of them. 2020 was just a, a nightmare really for them, um, which completely hinged on the Manalvi game. Um, a, a mad game it was. I think 12 goals in the game. Could have went either way. Could have went either way. And, you know, they led at different times that game, but it probably just summed up their year. It Just nothing went right for them. They ended up in relegation uh, playoffs. And there was nothing between themselves and Nobbert. There was three points in it. Um, but they did enough, you know, and this is kind of what I was saying again previously. They had a bad year, but they just did enough to stay up. And, you know, they won't be happy enough, but they'll be happy enough that they didn't get in any more trouble. Like, what a disaster it would have been had they had to go down to the wire, you know, for their status. But they just did enough. But to me, there's huge improvement that needs to be done in Curaha because the feel-good factor from the year previous is definitely gone. Um, and I would have them on form probably 16 as on paper, the worst team in senior currently. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyne and Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Meath or call us on 046 955 1910. Number 15. Number 15 is the Intermediate Champions, uh, Balnebraki. Um, and like, look, at we've, we've already spoken about them probably... Uh, or sorry, touched upon them um, throughout this podcast in, in different stages and like what a year they've had um, in 2020, Mickey, absolutely incredible, you know, phenomenal year for the club in general, but obviously just intermediate championship wise, um, just great that they got over the line. They've been knocking on the door now for a number of years. I think their last final was 2013, 2014. They've been in a host of semifinals, just could not get over that final gap and now they've done it. And they did it in good style. And I don't mean that that they won the game comfortably or anything like that, but they 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 went they're going up now with with people saying, Jesus, these lads could could actually push on now. You know, they could really cause problems for other senior teams. And that's straight away why I parachute them as high as 15. I, I just feel that on form, if they played Kuraha in the morning, they they'd win, you know. Um, because I think they're riding on that crest of a wave. I think the other sides above them, there wouldn't be much in it, but I think 15 is about right for, for where we're at now. Obviously, Division 1 football as well. Yeah, number 14. Number 14 is Dunchocklin. Um, 
a side who uh, ended up in those relegation playoffs and, and you know, did what they had to do in the last round against Nobber, as expected. Um, again, it was it was far from comfortable. The, the Centralstown defeat in the semi-finals of the relegation playoffs would have really set the alarm bells ringing. But they called on all of their senior experience, which they've had down through the years, and it was some of their more... Um, no, like, look, at Luke Mitchell had a great game and other players, but I still thought Cuevy King, who was making his 100 championship appearance, Minnie Murphy, uh, Tygo Duslan, a couple of others were, were the guys that really kind of pulled them out of the fire um, and preserved their status. It's not where Dunchocklin should be. It's, it's, it's not where they will want to be because of the work they're doing at underage level. They're minor champions this year, so they're going to get a crop of superb, young, talented footballers coming up in the next couple of years. But it's how they bed them in and how they use them because they've, They've had them before, like the likes of Matt Miles, Luke Mitchell, Matt Costello. They've they've already got them. Those lads are already playing, and yet they're still they're still at the bottom end of senior football. And uh, that's that's the job that's facing Marty Riley. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he came in in really difficult circumstances when Anthony Miles um, walked away early in the year, so he didn't have a preseason with them and everything like that. Then COVID came in, so. You know, I think Marty will will do will do a decent job with them, but he has to be given a little bit of time. And I think I think they're already doing a little bit of work themselves, and uh, hopefully that that shoots them up the power rankings and has them challenging that senior again because I think um, they're a club that really should be there. Okay, number sixteen, Davy. Number thirteen. Oh, sorry, number thirteen. Yeah, number thirteen is Screen. Uh, they're they neighbours and. Uh, Again, screen are just such an unusual team. You just don't know what you're going to get from game to game with them. Um, we've probably seen them against Simonstown when they were maybe at their worst. And uh, a lot of people, including myself, fancied Nobber on the back of the Simonstown game to actually beat screen and put screen into relegation trouble. But typically enough, screen produced a, produced a, a really solid display and, and comfortably won that game and um, you know preserved their status. Again, that's fairly common from where they're at I think they've been there for the last number of years they haven't really threatened to ever make a burst and, and go and challenge again they're a team that have again another huge history they're Keegan Cup champions as, re- as recent as what you know 10-12 years ago Mickey wasn't it so um, and there's still some of those survivors from that team there obviously the loss of Paddy O'Rourke to Australia this year was a blow I know they're reliant on them can, can have benefits and drawbacks as well but I do feel they miss him as a scorer in chief because they don't have that sort of talisman they have good players in the likes of Campo and others but they don't have anybody who's going to kick 1-7-1-8 a game Paddy O'Rourke does that for them Okay number 12 Davey Number 12 is Centralstown um, another just another yo-yo team uh, like beat beat Nafina first uh, first round of the championship and Nafina side that went on to obviously get to the semi-final but then after that, it was just, they just didn't kick on. And, and we've said that with a couple of the intermediate teams already after winning their first round games and that, and essentially were no different. Again, they turned in an outstanding performance in the, the relegation game when the chips were really down and they had to. They absolutely blew Dunchocklin away. They have a lovely uh, squad of young players. Their age profile or their, I suppose, their starting 15 profile is only 21, 22 years of age. So they have great talent emerging and it's probably just finding the balance and I think they will find their way that they're probably just at that stage now where they're a little bit inconsistent and you do get that with young teams Mickey um, and I think they will find their feet sooner rather than later and they, they will 
I think they will end up getting into the top 10 and they will end up challenging again. Maybe that's not next year. It could be the year after, but I think they'll be all right. Okay, number 11, Davey. Number 11 is Manalvi. Um, aside, do I think we're close? I, I, I really do. I think they weren't too far away from... On any other year, they could have even topped their group if luck was on their side. I mean, the game against Summerhill is the one that sticks out to me. First round of the championship in Trim. Um, they led a lot of the way. They played some beautiful football in the first half. Lost Porra Karnan, who was just dictating everything from midfield, pulling the strings. When he went off, Summerhill got a little bit of impetus, kicked on, and just about seeing the job over. But they came back, you know, in, in typical Manalvi fashion. They're always good for a win or two in the championship. And uh, beat Corahan, that aforementioned classic uh, over in screen. And just came within two points of beating Wolf Tones last round of the group. Again, it was a, it was, um, a meaningless game or a pointless game, but they were so unlucky probably not to get something out of that game. It was a group that probably, again, wasn't the strongest in paper, but before a ball was kicked, you just said, geez, that's a really tough group to be in. It didn't really pan out that way, especially when you look at the form with Summerhill and stuff. But I think Manalvi are, are still a tricky proposition. But again, for a senior side, they're missing a bit of strength of depth, Mick. They, they have a strong 15, but when you look down through the ranks, they, they maybe just struggle to, to finish games off. Okay, Davian, at number 10. At number 10 is St. Colm Gills. Um, it's, you could actually throw a blanket over the last four teams, to be honest with you, and, and paint them with the same brush. They just struggle for consistency. They struggle to, to find a consistent level of performance. Um, I was really impressed with them against Gail Column-Kill for large parts of the first round against, uh, against Kells in Trumcondra this year. And uh, they really threatened an, uh, what would have been a, a huge upset at the time. Um, but again, just ran out of steam towards the end, the class and probably the experience of Gail Column-Kill told in the end. But, but they have some lovely footballers. Like we only mentioned about Graham Riley retiring. You have Ben Brennan, who's part of the Mead panel, James Conlon, David Bell, who's a minor coming through. We've seen glimpses of his potential, Jeff Kavna. And we all know the success and the work that's been done at underage level in this Colin Kills club. It's been a little bit slower than expected since winning the Intermediate Championship. It's been baby steps, Mickey, instead of actually making a massive statement. I know that they did reach one quarterfinal. But after that, it's been very much just winning the odd game here and there just to stay out of trouble. And, and that's what they did again Um and, and avoided those relegation playoffs. But as I say, there's there's probably nothing between those four, but I just have St. Colm Gills in at 10. Okay, and we're going to stop after this one before we go into the top eight, Davey. Number nine is? Number nine is Navin O'Mahony's. And uh, I mean, they're just, they're just not where they were at. And you know, we, we spoke about this in length in the best 10 since 2010, only last week. Um, about probably the age profile and it, it might be the polar opposite to maybe Essentials Town or, or St. Colm Gills possibly um, because they're, they're a little bit top heavy with probably more experienced players and they don't have that much youth emerging through and like we've seen sort of the arse fall out of them against Nafina over in Trim when they lost their whole half back line in the space of 10 minutes it was just a rotten piece of luck but they lost Gary O'Brien, Cormac McGuinness and James Bangers Riley space of 10 minutes just completely uh, derailed their chances in that game and uh, look at the, they did enough again to you know to, I think to beat Central Town um, to, to obviously avoid relegation playoffs and that too um, but that's not really where O'Matney should be at I think they, 
they would have aspirations of challenging at the latter stage of the senior, but unfortunately, they're still quite a way away from it. Okay, Davy. So we're going to talk about sixteen to to nine now, and um, you know that straight away number nine, Navin O'Matneys. I, I think you've been very kind to them, and that's you know, like I have a great girl for Navin O'Matneys, and I have great ties with my family and everything with Navin O'Matneys. But I am a Simonstown man, and this is not me getting a dig against them or anything like that. But I think you've been very, very kind to them, Davy. Uh, quite quite possibly. And I, I know I said that there was nothing between 10 to, four, 10 to 13, 14. You could say 10 to 16, really. But I, I would include Navin O'Mahony's in that. I, I, they're, 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 this is probably the start of the, the tier under the top tier in senior for me. Um, and purely, purely maybe because of who and what they are and the players that they maybe still have in their ranks when all fit. I would see them as a stronger proposition than maybe St. Colm, Kills, Manalvi or Town, But not with any great degree of confidence. And like this is the whole idea of the power rankings. There's nothing to say that we mightn't revisit this in three or four months' time and Navin Amatis could drop down to 13 or 14. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised at that. Oh, we will be revisiting this when the um, when, when when the football starts and we will be getting your power rankings off you again, Davey, after you get a couple of results under your belt, and it probably gives you a chance to give more accurate um, power rankings because some of these are just off the wall. <laughs> oh, well, they, they're not too bad now. Come on. <laughs> All right, see you. I do a nice thing, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the idea. I, right, so there's a lot of these that are probably justified and whatever, 90% of them, but there's a few of them that are completely off the wall. Um, I, yeah. so, I don't think Navin O'Mahony's at nine is completely off the wall, though. Yeah, but like St. Colin Kills, younger age profile, Central State, younger age profile. Um, screen have been better than Navin O'Matney's in, in, in recent times. Um, so they have. It's um, and, 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 and again, it's not that I want to see Navin O'Matney's down at 15 or 16. I'm just trying to figure out how you put them into these positions. That's all. Yeah, well, look, at I, I still haven't seen them doing it consistently. And uh, for that reason, I still have Navin O'Matney's there. But... I will admit they're clinging on to it. They're not, there's no degree of confidence that they're going to push on and challenge to get into the top five because I can't see that at the minute. And Trim at 17, would you... Like, I've said it about Trim before. Okay, they haven't won the Intermediate Championship, but I've always said that if they were in Senior Championship, they'd definitely hold their own. I think they're as good as many teams in the Senior Championship. So, like, you know, we can't just gauge them on the Championship that they're playing in. You have to look at them as the team and playing against some of the teams above them. So, do you reckon that Trim like, would put it up to Navin O'Matney, St. Colum Kills, Minalvi, Centreson, Screen, Dunchotton, or Curraha? Yeah, I, I do. I think they'd put it up to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd like to see it. Um, but I still I still wouldn't say with, with any degree of confidence that they'd beat them. Um, but, but that was the thing with Balnebracchi. And again, had Trim won that final you'd find the trim more than likely would have been 15 and Balnebracchi would have been 17. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, they'd put it up to them. Would they beat them? I don't know. Okay. Okay. We're going to go into our top eight now in the Rispins rankings. Um, Owen Sheehan will never be dead. Just Let's just say that. Um, so, moving on now to number eight, Davey. Number eight is Dunham or Ashburn. Um, 
I just get frustrated when I talk about Donna Rashburn, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I, I, I just don't get them. I just don't understand them. Um, they have this ability to just grind out results without playing well, and it, I don't know—is it me going to their games? But I, I just find it a hard watch, to be honest with you. Um, and, and I, I don't get it because I think they have so much more in their ranks to actually go and be a really good side. This is sort of where I'm coming from. Like they went into the last round of the group with the with the group in their hands as favourites against Nafina. Now, for the record, I I said going into the game that I thought Nafina beat them purely because I knew exactly the way the game would pan out. But for everybody else looking at this, should be saying, right, this is a lovely route now for Tottenham Rashford to get into a senior semi-final. But they just flatter to deceive time and time again. But consistently, they do win two or three games a year and they more often than not do get out of the group. And had it not been for COVID and no quarterfinals, again, they would have got out of the group and they would have been in the quarterfinals. So I think eight is right. And, and they are probably the best of the rest. But like for a team that have been in finals and you know they played your own Simon Sound Mickey didn't they so they'd have to have hopes of getting back up there but to me until they start playing a nicer brand of football and more expressive or whatever you want to term it that's where they're going to be yeah you could easily make a case for Dunham Rashburn being 12th or 13th as well as making a case for them being third or fourth and um, they, they're that um you know, un- inconsistent. Okay, number seven, Davy. Number seven, Mickey, is Wolf Tones. Um, the Tones who were, I suppose, they were touted by many to, to go on and uh, maybe even challenge for a Keegan Cup this year. It, it was always going to come down to the Summerhill game, I think, realistically. Both of the sides won their, their opening round games and... Uh, Neither of which were spectacular. I mean, it was a drab enough affair when they did play Summerhill. There was only two points between the sides. Um, but maybe Wolf Tones will be just, they'll be a little bit annoyed at themselves as well to think, do you know what? Summerhill weren't at their best this year. They were probably there for the taking, but they maybe just didn't show enough adventure, similar to maybe Dunham or Ashburn in that sense, um, and go and grab the thing when, when they had the opportunity to. They did what they had to again against Summerhill in, uh, or sorry, against Curaha and Manalvi. Manalvi last round in the group, but it was all academic at that stage. And uh, got their two wins from three. But as we said already, it was always going to boil down to the Summerhill game. Two points in it, they came up on stock, didn't get through. Seven position, I think that's about right. Yep, no bother. Uh, moving on now to number six, Davy. Number six, Mickey, is uh, Nafina. And People might think this is probably a little bit harsh considering they got to the semi-final. They were the surprise packet of the, the senior championship. Um, again, I'm, 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 this isn't up for debate. They came through the weakest group, but they did it. And they had a horrendous start by losing to Sedgestown, who ended up in relegation uh, playoffs. So if you look at their form, you'd say, geez, I don't hold out much hope for them. But they bounced back with that superb win against Navin O'Mahony's. Um, and they did what they had to in that game against Dunham Rashburn. The first half was shocking, but they improved. Dunham Rashburn didn't improve. Nafina improved. They did the job. They got through. Um, and they had Kells on the ropes for long parts of the semi final. They ran out of steam. They didn't see it out. Whatever way you want to look at it, they just, partially, I don't know, it was a belief even, but it, to me, it just looked like legs. And obviously, they were going strong in the hurling too. So possibly with maybe not the biggest of panels to pick from, it, it probably caught up with them in the end. Um, 
but all, all around a great year. Um, I still, I think six is still about right. Um, but at the start of the year, like you would have had them closer to 16 and six. Um, but you know, such as the year they had and the adventure they had that they're up as far as six. Okay. At number five. At number five, it's Summerhill. Um, beating semi-finalists, beating the three finals previous to that. I think it's fair to say that they weren't at their best, but they're still a team that can grind out results when they're not at their best, which probably is the sign of a good side. Um, again, they, you know, they won, won their group comfortably enough, three out of three, um, and come up against the, the reigning and defending champions in Retoat. And uh, stuck with them for large parts, I think two points uh, down, sorry, two points up at halftime they were. And... Um, Second half, just retold, clicked into gear, you know, hit another gear. They got the penalty, game completely swung on that. But after that, again, it's strength of depth, Mick. You know, they, without Shawnee Dawson and without Podge Garrity and that, they were completely, they were divided to automatic and important starters in the team. But furthermore, they actually didn't really have a bench to play around with. They brought on, like, Paul Larkin, for example, the man in his late 30s, um, Whereas Ratoto are bringing on Mead minors, Mead under 20s. And to me, that was the big difference in it. Um, and to be honest, that's probably where they've come up on stuck in finals in recent years. I still probably would have them as the fifth best in the county, but no more than that. And um, Nafina would probably argue the toss that they're a little bit unlucky not to be ahead of them, but five for me for Summerhill. Okay. And then at number four? At number four, it is St. Peter's Dunboyne. Uh, gas one because. You know, they, again, they'll be kicking themselves. They'll, they'll know that this year was a year that got away. The nature of it was always, as you say, Mickey, was always going to be knockout nature. And when it came down to that Kells game, um, they, they were beaten, but they had their chances. My word, they had their chances, you know, and they came roaring back into the game, missed a host of goal chances. But credit to Kells, they did what they had to do. They, they rode the storm. They, they seen the game out uh, admirably in the end. But Dunboyne went the next went out the next day and absolutely blitzed, I think, St. Column Kills by something like 20 points. And you were just looking at it saying, My God, had you know, had they held it together and got the win or whatever. To me, they'd have probably been joint favourites to go on and win the senior championship. But that, you know, that's all hearsay. They didn't do that. But to me, they're still the fourth best team in the county. Um and I think they were probably a little bit unlucky that they came up against an inspired Kells. And even at that, they were unlucky probably not to win the game on that occasion. Um, but they're still going to be a massive, massive player going forward. Okay. And at number three, Davy, Your own Simon Sangales, Mickey. Um, I I'm leaving. I'm leaving. This is a disgrace. This is an absolute disgrace. I'm leaving. Your rankings, your power rankings, Richmond rankings are uh, a fraud. <laughs> Why? I'll tell you in a minute. We go through the next three. I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, like, left it behind against Retolt. Left it behind against Retolt. Um, the Nalber game was just was just one of those. I don't know. It was just one of those flukes. They they weren't great against Screen. They did their job in round one, but it, realistically, and it still all came down to the Retolt game. Like we knew that no matter what happened. You know, between Retoth and Screen or uh, Simonstown and Nobbert, that it was always going to come down to that game last round of the group. And so so it did. Like, Simonstown led by six points to nil after 12 minutes. And um, 
just went into their shell or just went into defensive mode or what I don't know what it was, but instead of going for the kill and, and they had retold where they wanted them, they let them back into the game step by step gradually and it just turned into a war of attrition and it finished up 11 points to 10 and retold edged through courtesy of a 63rd minute Brian McMahon free. But Simonstown had their chances and, you know, they'll be kicking themselves because... On the, on the tail of the tape, when Retote looked through it, everybody's going to talk about that final against Gail Colin Kill. But realistically, nobody rem- will remember that Simonstown game where, you know, Simonstown had their chances to knock them out there and then. Okay, at number two, Davy. Number two, it's Gail Colin Kill. Uh, don't think there will be too much surprise by the last two, but. Obviously, Gail Colin Kill have been just exceptional. I think they've been they've been an incredible side for for the guts of the last ten years now. Probably stretching back to their intermediate championship success, success sorry, in twenty thirteen, and uh, they've just gone from strength to strength. And uh, you know they're a huge credit because of the way in which they played the game and they approach different games and everything like that. Obviously, we we know what happened in the final, hugely unlucky, but they've not just this year. They've been consistently probably been the second best team over the last number of years. I know we talked about the record in semi-finals and that, but it's eventually, sorry, it's the eventual champions that generally have the honour of beating them and narrowly at that and going on to win a championship. So for that reason, I think Kells or Gilgum Gill are the second best team in me. Okay, and then at number one, Davey? It is Retort. Um, you know, back-to-back uh Reigning and defending senior champions, they, they did it the hard way, but they did it at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, they, they showed all of their class, their grit, their determination as champions to, to go in that game. A game you might argue they didn't deserve to win, but that's that's what champions do when they're not at their best or when they're up against it. They just find a way to win. And that's exactly what Ratoat did in the final. Um, like, it's a funny one because we've only seen glimpses of their their best, but really when they needed to put on a power play for 15 or 20 minutes. In the Summerhill game, in the uh, Simonstown game, and in the Gael Kill game, they came up with it. They dominated large parts of the second half against Gael Kill, but obviously the penalty went against them, and it looked like Kells had just timed it to perfection. But, you know, Joey Wallace struck in the in the 65th or 66th minute to break Gael Kill hearts and, and retain the key up for another year but um, yeah I, I still think they're, they're the team to be beaten they're the team to be toppled Okay so devil's advocate again here um, 6, 7 and 8 Nafina, Wolf, Tones Dunham or Ashburn yeah you could interchange any of them I'm fine with that Top 5 I find it very interesting um, you know there's, there's, there's definitely a case to be made for Gail Cullum Kilby the, the top ranked team this is not championship. This is not who's the team to be beaten in championship, like you just said. I think we're told of the team to be beaten. Gail Cullum, Kill Kells have been in the most league Fesh Cup finals and knockout stages of all trophies in Mead for the last number of years. So if I was doing a power ranking, I would probably say that they're the number one club. They're the number one team. Retote haven't been in the shake-up for leagues or fresh cups in recent years. Yes, they won two championships in a row, uh, 19 and 20. The year before that, they didn't get past the quarter-final. That was the furthest they'd ever been was a quarter-final. So I'm just, you know, again here, 
Um, Summerhill, again, another team that have been to league finals and Fesh Cup finals and they were in three senior championship finals in a row, could easily put them in at second. And then I would have Rathod maybe further down the, 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 the rankings myself. I'm just, do you see my point on that? It's, it's, uh, I, what, I do, what, and, and, and my... What do you say to that? My, what I say to that is, uh, <laughs> how many players do Retoat have involved with Mead who don't play in the league or the Cups for Retoat? And how many players do Gail Columkill or Summerhill have? Six uh, Retoat players, isn't it? But like you're after talking about the multitude of uh, Mead minors and Mead under-21s that they have mm. to their, at their disposal it, it, as it, well. You take six county lads out of any club team, they're, they're going to struggle. And I think it shows how much of a difference they actually make because they're nowhere near challenging in league and cup yet when the six lads come back into championship, the difference it makes to the team. If you so your, power six rankings are, your power rankings are based on championships, is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> the majority of it is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I do, I, do, I do acknowledge the league and cups and I do see where your point is. But if you took six out of Kell's best players out, they'd be an intermediate side. Yeah, but we don't take them out because they're there, and that's the, this is the whole point. No, but we're, if, we're, if you we're taking everything you, into consideration, exactly. Uh, but you, you league, have to you have to take comes. into consideration you have to take into consideration the county lads that we're told to have involved that don't feature until championship. Yeah, but then like, what are you, so you're just basing your power rankings on championship then? No, no, I'm 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 basing it on everything, but I'm saying that if they don't have them in the league. Sorry, if they had them in the league, our cups, they they would be a completely different animal. Yeah, but they don't have them. That's the point. That's the whole thing. That's the that's the power rankings are based on all the club football that they play, be it the Fesh Cup, be it the league, be it the yeah. um, the, the thing. So uh, it's it's their tough shit that they've got six players on the county team and their their, their oh. club rankings. The 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 Risbon rankings should not be all no should they should not be uh, 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 they should not be clouded by the fact that there's players on the county team. You're looking at the club. No no no, uh, it's it's not it's not. But it's it's the fact of the matter is is that they're still when it comes to the biggest competition that we play in the county which is the championship. And ultimately, that's what these 52 clubs are going to be uh, judged on the most, is championship. With a touch of league, with a touch of cup, with a touch of history, or whatever way you want to term it, 75% of these is going to come down to... to you used, you used, Davey, when we did the, and, and the first edition of this, in the 52 to 26, you used the fact that Cortown had beaten uh, the teams below them in recent years in league and in a cup competition as a barometer for why you should be above them. And now you're that's saying because, that... That's because, we didn't now play you're them. Saying, that's because we didn't play them in championship. <laughs> and now you're saying that Rathote, because they won two senior championships, uh, forget about the fact that they're nowhere near winning the league or winning the Fesh Cup, that that means that they should be ranked number one. I can't justify putting Rathote anything else, anything other than number one when, they're, when they've won the last two championships. I just can't. They can win leagues till the cows come home and cups. That's grand. But to me, I cannot put them... I cannot put them any place other than number one. So you're just like Owen Sheed and CR. Um, Dublin are number one because they win the All-Ireland and... But, the, but they are... Uh, 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 it, Jesus, that doesn't matter if they have a bad But they are. Or, they are number one. 
Like they are number one. There's no in the power rankings. In the power rankings, yeah. Um, that's that's that that. Look again. As I said, I'm not going to make this easy for you. I am going to pull pick holes in every single ranking that you do, Damien. Just remember that, because if I don't, it'll just be a case of you coming in and saying uh, 52 to 51, and there's the numbers. Now I'm away, and good night and good luck. Um, I can't have that. I can't I'm going to say to you that my top five would have been um, Gail Colin Kills first. Gail Colin Kills first. Um, Gail Colin Kill, don't go there again, Mickey, please. I, I'm saying Gail Colin Kill would have been number one. Summerhill would have been number two. Simonson and Dumbine three and four. And Rathoth would have actually been fifth. So the, so, so the pace in Ratokev Summerhill in the semi final counts for nothing. No, it does count for something, but you have to look at it all, uh, what, what way they, they, they come up against each other in the league or if they come up against each other in the Fesh Cup. And Summerhill have more often, like Summerhill were in three county finals. They were in league finals, they were in Fesh Cup finals in recent years. Ratot have been in two senior championship finals and won both of them. They weren't in a league final and they weren't in a. Um, Final. I, that, I, I, I can't I, I can I, I could I could see your uh, your reasoning behind behind putting Kells one I just cannot see your reasoning putting Summerhill ahead of Ratoth in second um, just just purely on the fact that because you said like you take a bit of history into it as well history three mm-hmm. finals in a row three senior championship finals in a row then beaten in the semi-final this year Kells haven't won a senior championship. Simonson won two in 16 and 17, but yet Gail Colin Gill are ahead of them. I'm just, I'm just, again, because this is going to be brilliant because I know that people out there are going to be screaming at their phones or their... At uh, you, yeah. Summerhill ahead of Ratoth. Are you fucking... Are you out of your head? They're going to be screaming at you because everybody in North Mead is going to be saying, I can't believe you put Ratoth ahead, ahead of Kells because they all understand the reasoning that I'm bringing into it. We're either doing power rankings on all football or we're doing power rankings on championship, a separate one on league and a separate one on the Mickey Mouse Cups as well. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Cups, which you absolutely love. Oh, I would love to win the Fesh Cup, but I should love it. It's the one that eludes me, so it is. Um, and a which junior is the Fesh, is it? I have to win a junior championship as well, and then I'll have the full. Come out to Carter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, no, we'll sure. Packard, no. sure, sure, we're ranked at 46. I want to go out there. Ah, the only way is up. <laughs> David Alta told us the only way is up. <laughs> he saw your power rankings, did he? Um, I know, look, David, look, that's absolutely brilliant. It's a great, it's a great little um, it's a great little exercise for us both because it gets us thinking and it get, you know, we 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 can make cases for different teams and whatever. And I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening in will uh, will will agree on a lot of things and they'll probably disagree on a lot of things. And they might say that Castletown should be down at 50 with their with the way they performed this year. And they might say that they should be way up at 17 or 18. But look, that is brilliant. From 26 to 1, it is Dundery in 26th, Kilmainham in 25th, Clonda Gale in 24th, Blackhall Gales in 23rd, 22nd is Rockenny, 21st is Waterstown, St. Michael's are 20, Nobber are 19, Julique Bellingston are 18, Trim, the beaten finalists, are at 17, the intermediate finalists. Then the top 16 are Curraha at 16, Ballon Newly promoted, in at 15, 
14 is Dunshockland, 13 is Screen, Centre Centre 12, Wynalvi 11, St. Colum Kills are at 10, Navin O'Matney's are at 9, Dunham Ashburn at 8, Wolf Tones at 7, Nafina at 6, Summerhill at 5, St. Peter's and Boyner at 4, Simon Centre at 3, Gail Colum Killer at number 2, but holding the number one spot for two years in a row, it is Ratholt Harps of Ratholt, obviously. But um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Davey, um, it'll be a few weeks before we get to uh, update that because we'll have to wait for some games to be played or we can just update them and do the power rankings for the crack in the next few weeks. We can just say, look, I've decided that I don't like that team and I'm moving them down and they're going up or whatever. But as soon as games are played, we we'll get a better picture and, you know, you can get a bit more accurate reading for the for the power ranking team. Yeah, and, and that's it, Mickey. Like, probably every every position is going to change by the next time we do this. Well, um, it, it will have to, Davey, because, like, there's a lot of teams that will be down their county players for the league. So... How will you work your power rankings then? Will you just will you just say if they if they were there they would have won? Yeah, I I don't know I don't know about the top few. I just think that that under that from and and I would just go from say six down to fifty two. There could be all sorts. Like you just don't know. And like who's to say that Balnebracky playing Division One of the league beat Retoth or beat. Uh, no, maybe not Retoats, beat Nafina or beat a Wolf Tones or whoever it is. What happened? They, were, they, they could be up at the top eight in no time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's going to be great crack, so it is. That is our rankings. I'm going to keep a print out of that, so I am for the next day, and uh, we'll be able to compare and contrast and see which who are the biggest movers and who have sold the most records in our um, uh, our Rispins rankings. And that's it from this episode. Don't forget, stay loyal to the Royals. Bye.